Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Roy's enjoying some time off, but the show must go on. The Roy Green Show, with special guest host Alex Pearson, continues on the Chorus Radio Network. on a lovely Sunday afternoon. Great to have you here along with us. Uh, coming up at 3.30, we're going to have a tough but very uh, I think sobering discussion with a 26-year-old man. He's got severe mental illness, and he's asking for doctor-assisted suicide. And if he doesn't get it, he says he will take his own life. So we'll talk a little bit about the slippery slope. You know, should we allow for this to happen? We'll hear it from his words. So that's coming up at 3.30. And then we'll have also a polarizer, a, a debate about a divide, I think, that we're starting to see between public and private unions. The question, you know, are today's unions losing relevancy? We'll have that discussion at four o'clock. But I want to talk a little bit uh, about, you know, whether the shine is coming off the prime minister's sunny ways. And if you want to jump into this conversation, you can. I always welcome all sorts of opinions. 416-870-6400. If you're on your uh, cell phone, you can just press star 640. Or, of course, across Canada, one eight 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 two two five talk That's 8255. And I ask the question because I think so far, Mr. Trudeau has captivated the world. You know, he's charming. He's had a pretty long honeymoon. The polls have him absolutely soaring in popularity. And, hey, Vanity Fair just naming him in their most stylish edition. So he's up there with the royals, with the president. But, I mean, let's be honest. He's got no competition. The opposition completely in disarray. Media still likes him. But, you know, in the last couple of weeks, we've had, you know, bad news with the job numbers, worse export numbers. And and I talked about this dangerous peacekeeping mission that our troops are going to be going into. And it has some people raising their eyebrows in concern as to, you know, we're heading into some hard times and charm's not going to deal with it. It's going to be time for Mr. Trudeau to make some very tough decisions and show some leadership. And this is when the question, you know, is he ready? We're about to find out. Robert Waite is the managing director of Waite & Co. And he's also a columnist for the Huffington Post, which is where I picked up this notion of whether or not the sunny ways are darkening. Good to have you with us, Robert. Thank you, Alex. Good afternoon. Why Why would you say that uh, maybe the sunny ways are are not going to be so sunny moving forward. Well, first of all, I think you're completely right. He's had uh, possibly the longest run of honeymoon in the history of North American politics. It's been 10 months plus, and and all of the things you've said are true in terms of international acceptance, and and certainly here at home his poll numbers are high. But um, as I said in my piece, uh, you know, with the chill of of, of frost in September and October, uh, people are going to start paying attention to results. And uh, particularly the economy um, is a lingering issue. And, and despite a program that includes a lot of spending, a lot of infrastructure, uh, an enhanced child benefit, we just haven't seen any results in terms of the economy picking up. So that's his 
probably most vulnerable uh, area at the moment. Now, you come to this as a, a nonpartisan position. Me, on the other hand, people will say, ah, you're just a partisan hack. Okay, fine. Uh, but you come at this from a nonpartisan, uh, you know, way of thinking. And and I agreed with you on many things. I, I do think that he's going to have to make some very tough decisions. He's going to have to make decisions, I think, you know, pipelines. You know, yep. they're being held up. The The National Energy Board just had its hearings interrupted by a handful of activists. That That is almost unheard. It is unheard of. We didn't hear anything from Ottawa. Pipelines aren't being built, so we're not moving energy across this country and or out and exporting it. He's got to make decisions on this. And and I, I think given his popularity, this is the time he should do it because I think he could move people in support of that. Well, that's right. He has tremendous capital, uh, public goodwill uh, at his command if he uses it judiciously. And so that's what we'll be watching for. And it's not just the pipeline. So he's kicked a number, he and his staff have kicked a number of issues down the street, uh, which only works so long. So another one would be the decision on whether or not to provide federal aid to Bombardier. There's certainly a large segment of people who think that's a bad idea. But obviously there are people, particularly in Quebec, who think it's a fabulous idea. Canada Post. Canada Post uh, is still an unresolved issue uh, they made vague promises about restoring or at least looking at restoring door-to-door. Uh, if they're going to avoid Canada Post going into large deficits, uh, they need a solution. Now, if it's not door-to-door, maybe it's three days a week. None of those solutions are going to be popular. Um, you know, and there are other, other issues as well. They're all coming to the table because you can't put them off forever. No, you can't. I mean, the bottom line is something has to happen. I, I can only speak for what life is like in Ontario, but it's I, I get this overwhelming sense that people are actually struggling. The middle class that that the Liberal Party says they want to help, you know, energy costs are soaring. A lot of people got cut off from child benefits. It, jobs are, 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 are not great in this province right now. And, and I'm hearing from people that they're just struggling like they haven't in the past. That's true. One of the things that uh, benefits Trudeau tremendously, though, in my opinion, is that in comparison both to the past, Mr. Harper, who was a uh, arguably competent but not very warm individual, and looking south across the border, uh, looking at people like Donald Trump uh, and Hillary Clinton, uh, by comparison, and I have Americans tell me this all the time, you know, they would much rather have a, uh, a Trudeau at the helm than either of their two choices. So he's, in some regards, he's, he's a bit lucky in his timing. Uh, he, he, he's had sunny days, um, he's, but he's had lucky days as well. And I would argue they've had that for eight years, and a lot hasn't been done. And, and a lot would say in that country that it's gone backwards. So they, they've had eight years, and I think that's why you're seeing such a hunger of, of anger, and they're turning to someone like uh, Mr. Trump. Robert, stand by, because I want to bring John into this conversation. He joins us from Peterborough. You've got a comment or a question? Well, basically, uh, I think I think Mr. Trudeau is, a, is about as shallow as uh, as a brook and babbles as much as well. Um, he's gone back on his promise with the veterans, totally, by hiring uh, Mr. Harper's former lawyer on that. Uh, he's going to be deploying about 3,600 troops to different theaters 
which is more than we had at one time in Afghanistan, if I'm right. What do you got to say about that? <laughs> Thanks for your call, John. And, and Robert, I think it's going to be an issue for him because the vets uh, during the last election, which I felt, and this is just my opinion, uh, I felt they were used as pawns in this fight. And they were promised a whole bunch from the Liberal government uh, that they would uh, you know, get treatments for PTSD, et cetera. They would be helped. And it's been a year now. And I think a lot of them are saying, you know, wh- what are you going to do for us? You said you would fix things. Right. So, so that certainly is an issue. Uh, you mentioned the peacekeeping, and I think that's a very relevant point because today's peacekeeping is not his father's peacekeeping. Uh, the blue, you know, the blue and white, and the UN flag are just not respected uh, the way they used to be. The people that they're dealing with don't respect any authority, as we've seen in the Middle East and in uh, Sub-Saharan Africa. So you know, he's got to be prepared for peacekeeping to be a much tougher uh, exercise and you know, with the potential of, of loss of life. And, and loss of life, uh, you know, it will be something he will have to deal with and, and uh, explain to the Canadian people. Well, certainly, but they, you know, they they are clearly determined to get a seat at the Security Council, and I'm not sure why, because as you say, I mean, the United uh, United Nations, uh, to me, is just not worth making a deal with, given some of the people they've got at the table. Uh, you know, not the nicest of uh, folks. So we, why we would fight to, to you know, put ourselves in there more, uh, I'm I not think, sure is in our best interest. Yeah, I think part of it is uh, they. They perceive that the conservatives failed to get a seat, and they're trying to you know, show that they're better at this than the conservatives. But I'm not sure that should be a controlling or compelling reason for seeking that seat. Let me put you on hold there, Robert, as we take a quick break. We're talking to Robert Waite, who writes that the sunny ways, well, they might be dimming a little for Justin Trudeau as we move into some pretty complicated times. And I've got the phones lighting up, so we'll have... Uh, the continued conversation on this after a quick break. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to The Roy Green Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Robert, you know, I want to ask you, and I've got a couple of calls on the line, um, you know, that we'll, we'll mix in here. But, you know, I've got, I think there's a lot of questioning about this stimulus spending. You know, we've got folks in Alberta who are losing the shirts off their back. They are panicking. They are worried. They are stressed out. Taxes are going up. Cost of living's going up. Same thing's happening in Ontario where manufacturing jobs are, are going uh, the way of the dodo bird. We've got energy costs here and people feel like you know we're not even paying down the debt and the stimulus uh, spending that they they put so much focus on in the campaign which has now ballooned way past the 10 billion mark we're up at 40 billion bucks i think just in the first year i mean what's the plan b is there a plan b not that i'm aware of uh, and i'm not an economist but one thing i i do know from having been in the banking sector for a number of years is that Stimulus programs are not typically immediate unless you simply send people money. Uh, but in terms of infrastructure uh, and other types of investment, it does it does take time. And so their argument, and I'm not saying that uh, it's an argument that will win the day, is, you know, just wait and uh, you'll see the results. So I think people have been waiting. I just question how long they'll wait. Yeah, I mean, when you're in trouble now, waiting another year is a long time to have to wait when you've got kids to take care of, bills, uh, you know, that are starting to stack up. I'll bring Teresa into the conversation because you are in uh, beautiful Calgary, Alberta. You don't actually think he's going to go on for too much longer, do you? 
Oh, I think more intelligent people like Mark Garneau, Howard Hodges, Sajan, I think but before the next election they'll realize this guy has neither the intellect the intellectual depth, the substance or the ability to actually run a country and I think he'll be out. I mean his philosophy of governments is governance is delay, obfuscate, throw a bunch of money around and spend a lot of time running around the world making a lot of flowery, lofty statements that I don't doubt if he even understands what he's talking about. And I, I think I predict he'll be gone in, in within the next four years. And, uh, you know, when he talks about make, giving his wife a greater role in running the country, that should really scare the heck out of everybody. Maybe the yep. fashion side of it. Thanks, Teresa. Yep. But, Robert, you know, I don't I don't get the sense that he will be gone in four years. In fact, I think he will get two uh, terms. Um, I think folks will want to give him... Uh, a second chance, unless things go to kind of hell in a handbasket. I, I do think he'll he'll end up buying his way, not buying figuratively, but getting two, two sessions out of this. Oh, I think so. I mean, for one thing, he really has no opposition. Uh, Mr. Mulcair, as we all read this past week, uh, disappeared for the summer, and now there are some in the NDP who would like him to disappear again. So they don't, you know, they really don't have a viable leader. And the Conservatives... Uh, are in the same boat. So there's no effective opposition, So number one. Number two, uh, I honestly don't see any circumstance where he wouldn't stand again. And, uh, you know, if he, if he continues with the degree of goodwill he has, he should be pretty easily reelected. That may bother some people, and I can understand that. So, And I'm not saying it's a partisan comment, but just, you know, looking at the numbers, I think, Things will get worse. I don't think it'll be catastrophic. Maybe, unless there is some massive, uh, you know, we are uh, remembering 9-11 today. We never thought planes would go into building. If there's a massive you know, terror attack or something happens and he's really tested for uh, leadership, and, uh, you know, when the media starts getting tired, we, we started seeing, I think, some of the, the things that Harper really uh, irritated with the media. In China, he wasn't taking questions. You know, it was really hard for the media to get access to him and ask him about the economy and the export numbers. And if he does that kind of thing, the media will turn on him, and uh, it'll get a lot tougher for him. Absolutely. So one of one of the things I do actually is teach a graduate course at Seneca College in media relations, and I always tell my students, many of whom aspire to be things like press secretaries, that uh, you know the the higher your client climbs up the mountain, the more anxious the media can be sometimes to to see that same person tumble back down. Uh, Anthony Weiner in the States, perhaps, is a sad but uh, relevant example. But there are many, many examples where the media, um, it's a story, right? Uh, going back to, to Greek drama, it's a story when, when the hero falls. So there's always that danger. His greatest weakness, in my opinion, is when he speaks. Yes. Uh, he's... As one of my bosses used to say um, occasionally about some of my writing, it sounds like it was translated from the Latin. Uh, sometimes when he speaks, uh, unless it's very scripted, uh, he's not terribly articulate. So in a time of crisis, you, know, you want somebody who's to the point, calming, and articulate. So that, if I had to point to one thing that's, that's a bit of an Achilles heel for Justin Trudeau, it's that he's not a polished speaker. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Daryl, let's bring you in because you've been very patiently waiting uh, in Edmonton. What do you have to say? Hey, I was just calling in uh, reference to a couple points, one being the uh, peacekeeping in Africa. I was in Africa years ago in Somalia, 
Um, these new guys are in for something they're not even probably prepared for. Uh, the second being, uh, we'll actually be able to, and your guests might even appreciate, uh, November 4th, the first year of uh, Trudeau's anniversary mm-hmm. uh, in, in office. I'll be at the Eternal Flame uh, if my injury benefits are not restored as an injured, injured homeless veteran. Um, so I'd be sitting across from Trudeau's office if he wants to have coffee. That'd be well, an interesting think, conversation. Think, Are you inviting us along and, for the chat? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks, Darren. Uh, oh, actually, go ahead. My, my birthday is actually November 4th. Okay, there you go. So, Thank you. you but, but I think Daryl brings up a really good point, and, and it is about that peacekeeping mission. We keep going back to it, but we've had no debate on that, Robert, and that is something uh, that they demanded that the Conservative government have uh, when it was you know, about ISIS. But we have not had any debate about these 600 troops going into one of the dangerous, most dangerous areas. Well, that's right. And I think part of that is because uh, it's liberals talking to liberals about the peacekeeping, and they haven't uh, broadened their their uh, discussions to other groups. Yeah. Another similar issue um, is the whole voting issues. Yeah, uh, the electoral the, reform is a very big issue. Yeah. And they, I, mean, they are, I think they're going to be pressured into referendum, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's such a fundamental change that the Canadian people, in fact, it's about voting, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'd think that they would allow a vote on something that has to do with voting. Well, hey, they're having these little committees going around and having fancy meetings and all. And the bottom line is, I think there'll be enough pressure to bring that to a referendum. But you're right. It is an important issue. And I think the Canadians, uh, despite them thinking they had that in an election, people did not go to the polls to vote for electoral reform. They went in a protest against Stephen Harper. Robert, I got to end it on that note. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Alex. Appreciate it. That's Robert Waite joining us, who writes uh, in the Huffington Post about what uh, Mr. Trudeau may face moving forward. So word to the wise if you're watching. And I would also teach your media class, Mr. Waite, not to be friends with politicians. We are here to do a job. We're not here to be friends with them. So ask the tough questions because that's what we're supposed to do. All right. Coming up, an important conversation about assisted dying and whether we should let those with mental illness have that help. We'll talk about that coming up. I'm Alex Pearson. You're listening to The Roy Green Show here on the Chorus Radio Network.